This is the Real Deal Podcast. Welcome to the Real Deal. I'm Daniel from Next Position Healthcare Consulting. And I'm Nicole Serena from PSP Consult. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today we look forward to talking a little bit more about digital health and how the digital space has really evolved in the pharmaceutical industry. So I'm going to take you back to a little bit of a time where your pharma rep, your MSL, uh, let's think prior to COVID, um, would generally go in, in person, to like see their customers. 95% of the time, yeah, really. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Uh, would go in, in person, uh, whether it be a booked and planned appointment or even just a drop-in, that used to happen all the time, yeah. uh, in hospitals and private clinics and how that's really evolved, how that's changed over the last two to three years now, um, and how digital has played a big impact into that. So I remember, uh, you know, being a rep for a portion of COVID, and the first thing I remember, I, I think it was what, March 13th, March 16th, or whatever yes, it was, it's, I still, shutdown. it's ingrained <laughs> into my head, but I remember, you know, one of the first meetings I had with uh, the team was okay how how are we going to continue to engage our customers where possible of course we don't want to overwhelm them but if we want to see them if we want to update them on even covid guidelines for a specific therapeutic area or whatever it was we can't go into the clinic uh, so using zoom and using teams and those types of platforms viva whatever the case was a foreign concept quite honestly right no one barely used zoom at all like i even think back to meetings that we used to have when reps were on the road and remote i don't really remember being on video as much no it was a teleconference it was always a telecon it was skype um and that changed completely um within weeks really right so it, it definitely took some getting used to but once we were used to it and got the hang of it, uh, it almost became second nature. And now today, you need those platforms. You They're can't, household names, yeah, you teams. Yeah. Everyone talks about teams. Exactly. Zoom. You can't like, go without yeah. them, right? So, Nicole, in your opinion, um, at the clinic level, um, how do you think that's changed to date? Like, how, how are doctors dealing with that today? Um, is it something that they've really accepted? What's your thoughts on it? And then I'll give some of my thoughts. Yeah, it's interesting because if you think of the demographics of physicians, but they were also forced even in the pandemic, they weren't even in their offices for a few months yes, at least, if not right. longer. And they had to figure out how to talk with their patients. Yeah. So their whole paradigm changed. Some of them were already more comfortable, I would say, with technology. Yeah. Uh, and so they probably, there's the early adopters and the later adopters in it. Uh, what I think is interesting is one, I'm even interested if a drop-in even exists anymore. And when yeah. I was a rep, like a drop-in was normal. Yeah. In these days, I don't doubt you could ever drop into a hospital. Definitely probably not. you have to have an appointment and it's all approved. Yeah. Um, I think there's some physicians that maybe have learned that they enjoy the Zoom because one, maybe they set about time for it. Yep. They may do it at a different time. So the other thing is, as a, a pharma rep, you may have 
earlier or later days, but the clinic hours may not be a time that you're seeing the docs as often. Yeah. So that's something I wonder about is has the time changed? And yeah. maybe you have less often interactions with the doctors, but you get a longer and maybe a higher quality with them. That's, so that's one point I was gonna mention. I, I think the quality of the call you get virtually, because it might be after hours where they're not dealing with a bunch of things within the clinic, is generally better. Um, they may be more willing to give you time and they can focus on a specific topic. Mm -hmm. And my understanding of it too is if you're doing a digital touch point, you also, as a rep, gotta go a little bit deeper into the call planning. It's gonna Definitely. be for a specific yes. topic. I think in a lot of cases, they've come to understand that you're gonna share your screen potentially, you're gonna share a study versus just a drop-in where you would just check in and then see what else kind of comes up. Um, Do a sample drop, <laughs> exactly. who knows what else, drop. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I think it's changed the industry quite a bit. And I think, you know, to be fair, maybe these, and I feel confident saying this, I, I think some of these digital touch points were in the plan uh, for future, way future. And COVID really expedited that to a crazy extent. And now it's definitely just become second nature for the physicians. I mean, I think even at conferences, um, a lot of conferences have gone back to in-person, mm -hmm. but a lot have also done the hybrid model where you can either come in in person. So you might have people coming in person for a couple of days and then taking the balance virtually. And it's create accessibility too for physicians and, and reps and whoever else um, who maybe wouldn't be able to attend those before. I think that's a great point. Even from the international conferences, yes. from a cost standpoint, there may be physicians who were not able to travel either from a time standpoint yeah. or cost, um, or they couldn't be away from their clinics or, or research. So this would be a way for them, they can present even virtually, but attend as well, or more of their staff, or to your point, even from a pharma standpoint, um, you know, usually they bring a small team, but it could be the opportunity because a lot of them, if they're live streamed, they're recorded. So yeah. you could have the opportunity for more of your staff to see some of these updates and everything, sure. uh, even if you have a small team attending. For sure. I think it's fair to say digital is here to stay. Um, I think physicians will have their HCPs generally will have their preferences. You're yeah. going to have some customers who want to go completely back to in person others who want a hybrid and others who don't want to see you in person anymore, which exactly. you totally have to be okay with. Uh, and that's part of the job now. I think uh, being able to adopt to new tech, uh, digital, that type of thing is in our, any customer facing um, positions job description at this point, you can't go without it. And if you don't adopt, uh, you're going to have challenges. And you bring up a good point too, because the skills of a sales rep, these days have evolved someone who may have been um the in-person yeah you know now that there's virtual ones it, it, there may be people who weren't as comfortable in person but are very comfortable and maybe even better at a virtual call totally. yeah um and so you may have different types of reps and i remember pre-covid there were companies trying to sell this e-detailing yes. and virtual rep and now it's become a reality so yeah. again you may have a physical team that goes in, but you may also have a virtual team or some that do both. 
um, but you may they may be, have different skill sets and you may consider having different types depending on how they're interacting with the healthcare professionals. Sure. I'm sure it'll depend based on therapeutic areas as well, uh, clinic types. And as we were saying, like if, if your customers are primarily in the hospital, it's a different environment altogether now. So mm -hmm. no, fair points. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. So we talked a little bit about pharma and digital and customer facing. What about pharmacy and digital and patient support programs and how that's evolved um, recently? For sure. Uh, whether it's a pharmacy or a patient support program. So some medications, patients, it's an injection. And a lot of subcutaneous injections, patients can be taught how to do it themselves, which one increases um, their likelihood of doing it themselves, but on time or on therapy, because they don't have to go off work. Yep. They don't have to go to a clinic to get it done like an infusion. Um, but when they first get prescribed it, especially during the pandemic, before the pandemic, a lot of the time they'd go into a pharmacy or a nurse would visit them in their house and teach them how to do it. Yes. But then all of a sudden that wasn't available. And from a cost standpoint too, if you think about a nurse traveling to your home, that can get expensive. If it's through a patient support program, a company's paying for that. Um, even for someone to come in and schedule a time with the pharmacy, sometimes pharmacies really busy and do they have enough time? So what's become more and more is this digital or online training, whether it's a video or a Zoom call where a nurse is actually teaching you how, but then they can watch you do it, yep. give techniques. It may also give the opportunity where you get more of these visits. When it's in person, it's expensive. Also that nurse's time is limited because uh, they have to travel. They may have many different uh, patients to see where digitally they can book them more often because yeah. they don't have the travel time. So that patient may get three visits with the nurse instead of one. For sure, which um, is huge yeah. difference. Huge it difference. Makes a big impact. In patient safety, in patient quality, learning how to do that injection, but also patient confidence in their own treatment. For sure. I, I think another big thing with regards to that would be with adherence. Mm -hmm. I think there's new platforms that have launched and uh, new methods in terms of reaching out to patients from an adherence perspective, right? Not necessarily your classic phone call and whatnot and uh, your check-in when they come into the pharmacy or the doctor's office next, but there's new methods when it comes to texting and digital apps and platforms Definitely. from that perspective, which again, I think adoption has picked up more and more over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. um, which has really changed the marketplace. And you also brought up pharmacy. The other thing during the pandemic, at least in Canada, and I believe North America, probably everywhere, the pharmacy was one area that you could go into and the pharmacist was a healthcare professional that you could actually see. So I think one, um, the relationship there yeah. has increased but also in many different jurisdictions, their scope of practice has increased. Yes. And uh, training, injection training is one area, but there's many other areas where minor ailments and other things, like it's changing the landscape of our healthcare system that, especially in Canada, is very strapped. We talked in an earlier episode about burnout and everything like that. Yep. It's leveraging all the different types of healthcare practitioners um, in this digital world, sure. you can do online scheduling with a, a pharmacist through apps. 
Um, so you know that when you go there, they'll be ready for you. Um, but many different ways. And then they have tools that they can send um, to follow up as well. Yeah, and I think even from a family medicine perspective, we saw that from digital really pick up. Very um, much. Big time, right? So, you know, for a small ailment or whatever the case, I remember whatever it was that I had to get checked out. My family doctor just kind of said, oh, give me a call or uh, FaceTime me, that type of thing. Um, and there, there's lots of platforms that have come out with that. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of maybe Maple. Yep. Uh, Maple is a, a big platform for that type of thing that's come out fairly recently, like during the COVID-ish time. Yep. Um, and I think that has changed how family medicine practices currently. Very much. Uh, so it's, it's funny. I think COVID on, on the positive side, outside of the actual pandemic yes. and the, all the negatives that came with that, it's really accelerated some things um, from like a, a large perspective. And we're seeing things that would have taken years and years and years to, which were in plans, but never really weren't executed yet, which had to be, we were forced to do it. And now it's a part of life. It's true. And even for different demographics, you know, our more senior population mm -hmm. in the past may not have been comfortable with digital and they were forced to. But it's interesting because a number of them have seen how that's actually made life easier in some ways as they become less mobile. You know, sure. if you have arthritis or a mobility issue, instead of having to get to your physician's office or if you have vision yeah. issues and need to get yeah. a caregiver to drive you and that's tough. Um, you know, you could have a virtual call instead. Yes, you might still need to go for diagnostic testing and that sort of thing, but just for those regular checkups, yeah. prescription renewals, yeah. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> who wants Big to time. take off work for that? Yeah. Uh, but there's a number of things that now virtual um, can help people access uh, healthcare in a different way. And again, to that point, not experts on this, and I'm sure there's a lot of data on this available, for but sure. I'm sure inherently, having this available as an option has led to better process flows within the clinics and the pharmacies and less uh, of an overwhelming environment, right? Uh, capacity issues we know have been um, challenges within various clinics in many therapeutic areas, in many pharmacies, specialty pharmacies or Definitely. regular pharmacies. So having these digital options um, and patients who, who really need it also leveraging it uh, has definitely probably led to better adherence, um, uh, more efficient operations and, and less capacity issues. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some offices, it was a big learning curve to get there yeah. and some may still struggle, yeah. um, but it's interesting to see all the different opportunities um, that's come out of this. It was tough. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, and yeah. we've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and I am sure we're going to have future conversations on this. Definitely. So with that said, we'll, we'll stop things there. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Real Deal. I'm Daniel from Next Vision Healthcare Consulting. And I'm Nicole from PSP Consult. Thanks. Have a great night. This is The Real Deal Podcast.